You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks supporter at The Athletic Wisconsin. And not joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. I'm talking with you after the Bucks dismantled the Bulls 122-112 in a preseason game. And there's a lot to talk about, but first I need to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for $30 off your purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com. And I guess we'll we'll kind of do scrimmage and pre preseason game and kind of put all of that together uh, into one more cohesive picture. And I guess with that, first, you kind of have to start with injuries and things of the like. Uh, at The Athletic this past week, I or actually yesterday, I wrote about DJ Wilson and what he was trying to do this offseason, how he was trying to get better and things that he's doing. So he changed his jump shot over, over the summer where he's not bringing it back as far over his head. He's trying to get more arc. Uh, So you can read that over at The Athletic uh, right now. But he's out. DJ Wilson is out with a left hamstring injury. Uh, He obviously last year had a right hamstring injury at the start of the season uh, that he actually suffered during the scrimmage. Uh, So that kept him out for a long while last year. Mike Boonholz doesn't think it's as serious as... As it uh, as it was last year, but there's just no way of of really knowing quite yet until we get a better update from the Bucks. So we'll see if we end up getting that here in the next couple days. Uh, but he's out, and then when you look at the rest of of the Bucks in the in the preseason game, we can talk a little bit more about the scrimmage if we need to. But during the preseason game, uh, preseason opener against the Bulls, Jan Stetikumbo. Eric Bledsoe, Chris Middleton, Ersan Ilyasova, George Hill, Kyle Korver, all out for that game as well. There's no injuries or anything like that. Uh, Mike Boonholder just decided that they were going to rest that first game. And uh, he talked a little bit pregame about how, I mean, they have they have five preseason games, which is more than they've had in the past. I think last year they just had four. And then if you look at this schedule, they had the scrimmage on Sunday, then they played uh, tonight, and then they play again on Wednesday, and then they play again on Friday, and then they play again on Sunday. Then they have a couple of days off, and then they play their final preseason game next Thursday. Uh, so you look through all of that, and I mean, that's, uh, I don't want to say a rigorous schedule because it is just preseason, but 
if you are going to go hard in training camp and if, if you're going to go hard in practices during the preseason, uh, you know, that, that makes it a little bit different than in the year where if you go every other day, you're probably having maybe an hour practice on the days in between. You're not going to go all that hard. Or I shouldn't say you as a collective general coach, but Mike Boonehoser, we've seen just doesn't, doesn't push his players that hard in practices where they're going to go for two hours and then practice or, and then play the next day. So he's, he's really trying to, he normally during the regular season tries to rest guys up. So uh, you're not going to do that same thing during the preseason. You're still going to want to practice pretty hard because you have things that you need to get installed. You have different plays that you want to run. You have different, uh, you know, kind of foundational things that you want to get taught and you need that time. So uh, I don't think you can kind of play the guys the same way. And that's what we saw in the first game. Uh, The way Bud described it, it sounds like, He's going to try to play those guys a bunch, or I shouldn't say a bunch, but all those guys will will play in a good majority of the rest of the games. I don't know if they'll play in all four of them, but it certainly sounds like he wants to try to give them three or four games to kind of play together and, and do some of that. So I think we get somewhat of an answer, even before the game started tonight, that we found out how Bud is going to try to treat this preseason where give the guys a night off tonight, and uh, it's not going to be two guys tonight, two guys this night. I think what we'll see is he, he'll he try to get the regulars to play together so that they can get some continuity and they can get that feel and that rhythm that you have from playing together. So I, I don't know if we'll see like, oh, Giannis is down tonight, Chris is down the next night, Bledsoe's down the next night. Like I think he will try to kind of play those guys together. He might limit their minutes, uh, and, and they won't play a ton in the second half of, of preseason games. But I think we will start to see them play a little bit. But that is that is more conjecture than fact uh, at, at this point, just just kind of hearing the way that, that Bud talked about how they're going to approach this preseason. So we'll have to see if that's the case. But Monday night, you just have a bunch of guys that are out. You have uh, – Seven, six players that are healthy scratches, and then DJ Wilson out with an injury. So uh, seven of the 20 are down on Monday night. Uh, so it, it makes for a little bit of, a, of an interesting night. And really going into it, I was attempting to figure out how they were actually going to play. Because if you look at the players that were sitting, that's... A majority of their their creators. You look at that first go round of of starters: Bledsoe, Middleton, Giannis. Those are your three primary creators, all out. You look at the second unit: George Hill. He's out as well. Uh, so you have both your point guards and then your two primary wing creators all out. Um, I, I kind of expected Dante Chivins, Dante DiVincenzo to start and, and be a part of that, but really we saw Frank Mason kind of step in and really run things pretty nicely. Uh, he ends the night with 14 points, six assists, three rebounds, four steals. I thought he was really solid, which is uh, nice to see because I don't I don't think we really have a, a good feel for whether or not uh, the Bucks will carry him regularly uh, if, if they'll have him come up all that often uh, because – I don't know how much they're going to need a third point guard. I think they'll try to go through pretty much with Bledsoe and Hill. Uh, but I thought Frank Mason proving some proving capable of kind of running things, getting them in, into their offense, I, I thought was 
somewhat significant. And again, it was it was just the preseason Bulls. I get that, uh, but I thought he looked pretty under control. He had a pretty solid idea. I think there's there's a couple times where uh, he his eyes were a little bit bigger than uh, his finishing capabilities at the rim, where he kind of had to go into. Uh, the land of, of the trees and and just try to finish and obviously this is something he's done his whole career because he is a he is a shorter guy and he is used to uh being of smaller stature and getting creative around the rim um but i do think that'll be something to watch with him is you know does he make the right decision on that or is it pull it out and and keep it moving or is it quick drive can't turn the, the corner kick it out and that is what starts a series of movements for the bucks and again I don't know that we'll see him all that much, but I think that made me think he was a little bit more capable of stepping in in a situation where Eric Bledsoe goes out, George Hill goes out, and again, maybe it speaks to more of the the players around them or Bud's system that it makes it a little bit easier, but I thought he looked surprisingly good. I, I, w- I thought the Bucks' offense would really struggle without most of their primary creators in there and and I thought he stepped in pretty admirably and kind of kept it moving and then Jalen Adams uh started off his hot shooting again where he was two for two from three I think and during the scrimmage he was on fire as well uh he's proven to be a really capable shooter thus far and again uh don't have a huge sample size but uh I've he he doesn't seem to have the the quickness that will ever ever allow him to be an NBA point guard. But I am curious to see uh, with the herd if, if he is helpful in kind of running offense, getting good shots, knocking down some shots himself. Uh, so I guess that's kind of the point guard look. And I thought it looked a little bit better than than I was kind of expecting it to. So uh, really, kudos to those two guys for for being able to to get through that and. I'm currently getting through this podcast by, by myself, but it is brought to you by Indochino. Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Locked On at checkout. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout. I think the the biggest story of the night and uh, the Lopez brothers started together, which was uh, a bit of a surprise. Uh, I'm not not quite sure how often we'll ever see them play together uh, during the season. Bud keeps mentioning it. I think John Horst has, as he's talked about adding Robin Lopez, he's more or less talked about how they can always have one of the Lopez brothers on the floor. So. I think when he signed them, he saw them more likely playing separately, where one is on, tags in the other one, and then you have a Lopez brother on the floor at all times. But uh, Bud has seemed increasingly open to playing those two together, and obviously we saw some of the lineups that Bud ran out there last season. He is not afraid to try something weird uh, for a night, so who knows if we'll see it again. But I did think those two looked surprisingly good together where I wasn't quite sure how it was going to work, especially with some of the smaller lineups that the Bulls play. Like the fact that one of them was going to have to cover Laurie Markkinen and it ended up being Robin at the start of the game. And then, you know, there was just times where they didn't really have bigs on, on the floor. So you had to find a way to have 
these two monstrous human beings cover smaller guys that were going to be quicker than them. And, you know, I thought they held up pretty well. So uh, that was, that was a bit of a surprise. So we'll see if it, it makes Bud lean on them anymore. But I mean, you, you look at what they're able to do and throughout all of this preseason, you know, in this off season, I, I had people ask, Oh, you know, is Robin really going to shoot threes? And Yes, <laughs> I know we've said it on this podcast before, but yes, he is. Like, if like John Henson was shooting threes last year, if John Henson was going to put up a career high in three point numbers, uh, I think it's safe to assume that if you come to Milwaukee, start working on your threes because that is what the Bucks are going to want. That is how they're going to want you to play. They're going to continue to play their five out system, no matter how big or small you are. That is, that's what's expected of you go out there and shoot some threes. So it, it wasn't a shock to me that, that Robin was doing it. And Brooks started off hot from three. He had uh, two of his first three, I believe on the night where there's a couple times where Cristiano Felicio was just not even covering them, which I mean, probably speaks to him as a player, but how you can leave Brook Lopez as wide open as he did at this point is beyond me. But those two end up having probably the best nights of anyone. Um, obviously, I mentioned Frank Mason, and I thought he had a great night, but those two stole the show during the game, and then obviously during the post game as well. But you look at Brook, three of six from the three point line. He struggled during the scrimmage some, and obviously, I think some people got to see him in the World Cup where. He didn't shoot particularly well. He didn't get a ton of time with with Greg Popovich as his head coach. He wasn't being used in a particularly smart way. And I don't want to say there was some worries, but I think it was I think there was plenty of people that just wanted to see him make some shots. I <laughs> think that, that was that was something that that they wanted to see. And uh, on Monday night, you know, we, we got to see it. Like that was that was kind of what he did tonight, where he was just out there hitting threes, making plays. And I mean, we saw a Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez dribble handoff. Uh, so Brooke dribbles to Robin, who is in the corner, dribble handoff for a three. Uh, Robin hits it, does his T celebration afterwards. Uh, then the next time down the floor, kind of get in a similar situation this time though, uh, Brooke kind of has the ball in the corner. Robin steps up, sets uh, a pick and roll screen for him. Brooke comes off it with the left hand, little pass fake high, goes low, dishes it to Robin, and Robin's able to put in a hook shot. And I mean, the, it w- it was peak preseason because all of that happens. Uh, then another possession, another possession later, Brooke hits a three, he does Robin's T celebration, and, I mean, it, we were just kind of, it, 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 it was peak preseason. It was weird, it was strange, the Bucks were having a lot of fun, it very much looked like a team that, uh, you know, thinks they're going to be very good this year, and was proving it in, in strange ways with a newcomer, and uh, kind of got to do some of that, uh, tonight and it was i mean it was spectacular it, it was it was spectacular to watch those i i would be shocked if in the preseason we topped those three minutes where all of those plays occurred 
you get both Lopez's doing a three-point celebration on the way back. It it was just incredible. And, you know, I didn't think anything would top that. And then after the game, (laughs) we go and, and we talk to Brooke and Robin. And, you know, we get Robin first. And I ask him what he thought of Brooke's tea celebration. And he says, it was a poor mimicry of mine. It didn't have any of the insight or any passion. His miming skills aren't what mine are. And then I go tell Brooke that that is what Robin says. And Robin or, and Brooke says, he's a poor mimicry of me in general. And I mean, it, it is just, those, those two guys playing off each other in post game interviews is going to be really just fun and weird. Uh, because, and Zora Stevenson brought this up in our, our post game interview with, uh, with Robin that I think the Bucks have posted that you can probably see. Like she mentioned the fact that they don't really like, talk to each other on the floor and they really don't. They're like the three point happen or like the three happens where, you know, they're dishing off each other. Uh, Brooke does the celebration. You have the pick and roll. And like after it, they don't high five each other, anything like they high five their teammates, but like they both go on their own ways. And, I don't it, it is it is really kind of strange and obviously fun to watch. Uh but yeah, those two uh one preseason game in and they have not disappointed for as fun as Bucks fans thought they were going to be. Uh it appears that they are that fun. So we will we'll have to watch if that if that continues to be the case. But I mean, after one night, uh no disappointment at all from those two. Uh Robin Lopez, 14 points, 5 rebounds, 3 blocks on the night. Brooke Lopez, 13 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal and a block on the night. And I thought the one thing was funny, after the game, you know, we were in the locker room and uh, Thanasis was talking to Giannis a little bit and said something to the extent of, he was like, bro, it's crazy out there. Like, you, you watch these guys try to attack our our defense and they get past one Lopez and then all of a sudden there's another one. And he's like, and he's, he's like, they're huge. And you know, you just see, you get past one, you think you're through. And then all of a sudden there's another huge seven footer just waiting for you. And Brooke just kind of laughed and he was like, yeah, that we did that all the time at Stanford. Like that, that was, that was kind of what it was like. And it was just, it was just a funny recognition of, I think how weird all of it was, uh, those two playing together, how just how big both of them are. So it, I thought it was just a really interesting night. Again, I don't know if if we see that look much at all, but I do think uh, it's interesting to me. So we'll, we'll see if Bud ends up running that out anymore or if that is a look that, that they end up liking. And if you're looking for a look you might end up liking you can head over to indochino it's the world's largest made to measure menswear brand search style upgrade now with 30 dollars off your total purchase of 399 dollars or more at indochino.com when entering locked on at checkout l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n at checkout and as we go through some of the other notable things i thought Shooting guard is something that we're going to talk about a lot this year. I think it's in many ways unavoidable. I know I've I've seen some people on Twitter respond to 
uh, my story at the Athletic about Malcolm Brogdon's absence and just general talk about the Bucks, like, oh, you know, when are we going to stop talking about Malcolm Brogdon? And I, I understand the point of view, but at the same time, it's going to be a while. Like this is that's something that is relevant to this season. It's going to continue to be relevant. It's going to be relevant through the entire regular season. It's going to be, I think, especially relevant when when they get to this when they get to the postseason. Uh, I think all of that is going to matter, and I mean, I, it can matter in a number of different directions. Uh, during the scrimmage, I did the the Bucks broadcast the the stream that they were doing with Justin Garcia and Ted Davis and you know one of the things that we were talking about in a way that you know maybe it can become significant is Malcolm Brogdon really benefited from getting to play with the Bucks like he he got a chance to play with Giannis which meant he got a bunch of open looks and uh, he got a, a bunch of really I think good opportunities, maybe not as many as he wanted, maybe not uh, in a point guard role as he's intimated that that he would prefer. Uh, but you know he got a ton of good opportunities, and and I think we'll we'll see that with all those other guys. Obviously, we didn't get to see that tonight with with Giannis and all their primary creators out. So it was more what Wesley Matthews and Sterling Brown and Pat Connaughton and Dante DiVincenzo could create on their own. But I do think we'll see that going forward, and that is something that obviously we're going to talk about. So uh, we'll see about that going forward. But tonight maybe not as big of a deal, but I do think all those guys were notable. Uh, Wesley Matthews struggled with the shot a little bit uh, on the night, just 105 from the three-point line. Uh, but you know, I think generally kind of did all the things that you'd expect. The Bucks were better with him on the floor than off. They were plus 20 uh, while he was on the floor. I think he does a nice job defensively. Um, I don't, he doesn't have the quickness that he, he once did, but I think he can kind of be physical. I, we saw a little bit of that in the scrimmage as well as uh, he had, I believe, Chris Middleton for a while where uh, yeah, I actually it was Chris Middleton where like he draws a charge on Middleton. He's able to be physical with them. I think he can be bothersome. Uh, it'll just be uh, a matter of how he fits into the scheme and the rotations and all that. I think he'll pick those up pretty quickly, but we'll have to watch and see there. I thought Sterling Brown, um, slow at the start of the game. He was one of the starters, but uh, he kind of opened up the the lead in the third quarter where the Bucks outscored the Bulls 34-26 to in the third quarter, and he had two dribbles – or he had two threes off the dribble, excuse me, where – there's one step back and another one where it was just kind of probing and then hits the three. And to me, that's kind of the the next level, the next step for Sterling Brown is how do you incorporate more threes into your game? How do you incorporate different ways to get those threes? Uh, so much of what he has done has been catch and shoot. And, you know, I wrote about this at The Athletic at the end of, of, of last season. There was that game against the Hawks where he was kind of the primary creator. And then there were some other games in there where he just had some assists. He was able to do some things off the dribble. All of those things are, are part of how he becomes more valuable. Like the catch-and-shoot stuff is great. You want to continue to have him be a great catch-and-shoot guy from the three-point line. But if he wants to take another step, if he wants to get more minutes, 
it is about all of those other smaller things offensively, uh, his dribble drive, finishing at the rim, uh, being able to get into the teeth of the defense and then kick out and make plays, uh, being able to hit threes off the dribble. All of those things are part of kind of how he develops what's next for him. So we'll have to watch that, but I did think those two threes off the dribble both encouraging for Sterling Brown, who finished the night with 12 points and nine rebounds. Wes, Wes Matthews, I, I forgot to mention, 10 points, four rebounds, two assists, and a steal, uh, despite going just one of five from the three-point line. The other guy I want to talk about was Dante DiVincenzo, and he didn't. If you look at the box score, it was a, a rough night for Dante. One of eight from the field, one of five uh, from the three-point line, just seven points. Four rebounds and assists, a steal, four turnovers, four personal fouls. It wasn't the the result wasn't pretty, but I think how he got there was at times. Uh, I, I think the the moves you kind of remember most from that game are probably probably plays Dante made. There was uh, first half running a pick and roll on the right wing. He splits the the double team or the high hedge or whatever you want to say with the dribble, gets in the lane, kicks it out. Three ends up getting missed, and I think Thanasis ends up tipping it in. I forgot who missed the three. Um, but that's a next-level move. That is showing that there is something more there for, for and from Dante, that he can do more, that he has a little bit more room to grow, which, I mean, I think is really interesting. And then... A little bit later in the first half, there's uh, a spin move on Don- Denzel Valentine that kind of shakes him and throws him off. Dante ultimately misses the floating kind of finger roll that he attempts. But again, when you're thinking about you know putting together a Bucks rotation and how all of this works, if you start Wesley Matthews, I think that's probably ideal for him where he doesn't have to be a creator. He can do more catch and shoot. The The starters can kind of take care of what they need to take care of. And then Dante can be one of the first subs. I think you get a little bit more of that creativity off the dribble, a little bit more creation. And I think that pairs nicely with George Hill, who has some of that, but is probably a little bit better served as you know a catch-and-shoot guy and a guy that gets you into the offense as opposed to a guy that creates the offense. And I think that kind of ends up working. And if Dante can bring all of those little things like tonight he there was dragon bender is posting up ball gets poked away somehow dante comes up with it kicks it out for three and there's his his assist on the night and he's just kind of around poking poking uh passes away getting deflections just being in the mix for everything and i mean i think that's really where Last year, he was surprising in those aspects that he could do as many of the little things as he could because I think everyone was focused on him scoring and how he's going to do all these other things. And I think in both the scrimmage and then in the preseason game tonight, you got to see him do some more of those upper-level offensive things that I think everyone was hoping was there and a big reason to be excited about Dante. Um, But we'll have to kind of see how that plays out going forward. But I did think that was really interesting to watch and uh, kind of showed that Dante can do a, a little... I mean, maybe there's... Everyone wants there to be another step. Everyone wants him to be able to step in and be a contribute, contributor this year. Um, obviously, the, the coaching staff really loves him. And 
you know, if all of that works out, all of a sudden you have a difference maker off the bench and uh, it'll be really interesting to see if he can kind of fill that role. So uh, interesting stuff there. Other notables, Dragon Bender, 12 points, seven rebounds, two assists in 18 minutes. Um, he ends up fouling out with six fouls. So I think there's still plenty of work to do on the defensive end for him. I think he's still trying to figure out what he is on that end, but offensively, I, I think you got to see him take a couple threes. I think you got to see him uh, grab a couple rebounds. So I think there's there's some there's some stuff to like there, and I think there's a reason why he ends up getting that you know final roster spot because there's there's maybe still some upside there. So I thought that was notable. Uh, Thanasis ends up playing. Uh, 20 minutes, 9 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, a steal, a block. Um, he uh, he also hits a 3. He is... He's going to have to figure out when and how he can exert his effort uh, because he, he really does... We saw with the Greek team him kind of fly around and change a game with his energy. And again, maybe that is ultimately his role. Just, you know, breaking break glass in case of emergency. You're on a back-to-back and you have no energy and you need someone that's going to, you know, kind of turn the tide. Maybe that's his role. So then maybe you don't need to back him down. But it just feels like as he's trying to do everything, be everywhere, block every shot, get in every passing lane, he kind of takes himself out of position uh, a lot of the time. So he's going to have to be careful with that. And also, that energy is is great. Um, at the end of a preseason game, when you're up by a lot, uh Maybe not the best. Like he ends up drawing a technical foul, but he's just kind of in guys' face. And again, that energy is fun and uh, good to see. And obviously, that's what you want from your bench guys. You want them to give effort. But the Bucks are probably going to be in a situation where they blow some teams out this year. And bringing that energy and that vibe to uh, those situations, it's. It can. It's not ideal. There, there are plenty of players that will take exception to it, that will not be happy with that. And I mean, you saw it at the end of the USA game where he goes for a block, which again, great energy. You want guys giving that effort, uh, but he smacks, uh, he smacks the dude in the head like that. And then after the game, you know, Giannis is talking to all the Celtics and you know trying to answer for. For what happened, and obviously you can say, yeah, you know, he was just playing hard. He's playing to the whistle. Uh, you know, he's playing until you see zeros on on the scoreboard, which is great to say. But there is something to be said about you know when that is appropriate and how guys are going to react to it. And again, maybe maybe I'm not quite old school enough that it should be. It's always appropriate, and that's how it goes. But I just think there are some realities in the NBA that that isn't always the case, and guys aren't always going to. Uh, enjoy having that in their face at the end of games and uh you know that can that can cause some problems like i i thought i honestly thought there might be a a fight that was going to break out in the final couple of minutes just because he just kept being physical with guys and and doing all that so uh, i think that'll be something to keep an eye on i think it'll be interesting to watch but with all that being said bucks win 122 112 preseason opener is all done first batch of jokes from the Lopez brothers is in. It was successful. Uh, Bucks start the Lopez brothers together. 
They both get double digits, both hit threes. Frank Mason kind of steps into the point guard role, does a nice job running the team. Wesley Matthews in double digits, Sterling Brown with 12, Dragon Bender with 12. Uh, so I think just a, a pretty nice night all around for the Bucks. They get through it, uh, and then we'll see if on Wednesday we get to see more of the regulars. But that was preseason game number one, real basketball. Well, I guess real fake basketball has has actually happened the bucks have actually played a game whether or not it counts uh for the regular season they have played a game with actual officials for 48 minutes that is all done and complete for frank madden i'm eric name this has been locked on bucks we'll talk to you guys tomorrow